In the Smoky Mountains, it's not just about getting away. It's about getting together to zoom across a zip line, splash down at water parks, shop till you drop, and say hello to the statue of our hometown hero, Dolly Parton. This year, discover the thrill of visiting the Smokies and reconnect with those you love the most in Sevierville, Tennessee. Learn more. Visit Sevierville.com. That's visit S-E-V-I-E-R-B-I-L-L-E.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the GC Sunscast. It is episode 40 and the buy is in sight. My name is Shane, your host. Joining me is the Tom Tom drummer. Tom? <laughs> yeah, the yeah g'day Shane. Tonight. How are you going? You, you had, you're heading up to sunny Townsville this weekend on your, uh, on, on your, on your uh, VIP pass? No, I've got to work. So, <laughs> I don't get that luxury. Yeah, um, oh, I thought maybe, you know, the, the uh, CEO might have slipped you a few tickets, some luxury accommodation. Tom, the CEO won't even answer my emails. This is true. This is true. Well, mind you, last year, he, he, he gave you a bit of time, so uh, he, he is an approachable fellow. But anyway, uh, sons are off to Townsville. St Kilda uh, are half dead from their trip to China, so it'll be very interesting. Yeah, it will be. Um, it's always a, a highlight every year, uh, the North Queensland game the Suns play. Uh, this year is Townsville. I think previous years it's been Mackay, hasn't it? Uh, good pronunciation of Mackay. No, it's been Cairns, of course. And we, we've got a good record in North Queensland, including the, uh, you're thinking of the preseason games yes, in Mackay. Yeah, that's what I'm um, The The... Yeah, and that's our zone, north of Rockhampton, uh, or Rocky, as the locals call it. Um, I think we've got the biggest zone ever, because don't forget we've got Pacific Islanders as well. So, um, yeah, plenty of plenty of fans in, in Townsville, uh, in North Queensland, will be getting along. And plenty um, of talent and- as well. We've got the Bose family hailing from up there. The uh, up-and-comer Alex Davies is from Cairns as well, isn't he? Yeah, well, Jacob Heron, yep. uh, Dirk Conan. Uh, uh, Matt Conroy, the, the couple of Neefal fellas, but um, in any way, we, we do have a number of North Queenslanders in both our men's and women's programs. Okay. All right. Well, we've got a big episode tonight. We're going to obviously talk about the Neefal and the AFL results. Not amazing stuff to talk about, but we've still got to cover it anyway. We're also going to chat about some of the players, uh, the younger players in the side, We've got blokes like Will Brody, who's come onto the scene this weekend, just proving he belongs at AFL level finally. Um, mm. A lot of people asking where Callum Archie is, so we've got an update on how he's travelling. And uh, no, I think that's all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm having we're, a we're, we'll, we'll get we'll get to a couple of random bits and pieces along the way. It's a fair bit to cover. All right. Well, if you're not listening to this episode live. Please do. You can jump in at 7 p.m. Tuesday nights and chat with us. We've got Robbo in the chat already telling us he'll be up at the... Uh, God, I'm forgetting where the game's being played again. Townsville. Townsville. So Robbo's going to be at Townsville. Uh, I don't know whether he's going to be shouting his name, if you'll be able to see him, but 
I'm sure you might run into a bloke called Robbo up there who'd gladly have a beer with you. Uh, now, bourbon, a bourbon. He's into the bourbon. The bourbon. <laughs> this is this show is off to a great start. Isn't okay. It? So first off, let's thank our Patreon donors: Old Soul, Jack's Dad, Paul Vosty, Tom Kim, Chris Moore, and James Wood. Thanks again, guys, for your support and donations to the show. It really goes a long way to keeping this show on the air and motivating us to show up every Tuesday night to keep talking suns, no matter how bad the side is going. You can also find us on YouTube, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio if you missed the show live. And with that, let's get on to some of the news. So, let's start with an article that came out last week. Uh, King Ben King has come out and said how much he enjoys the club and he can't fault the joint, were his words. Um, it's, it's sending another really strong positive vibe about the, the buy-in that a lot of the young players at the Suns are having. And from all reports, we're, at, we're hearing from people that have been involved at the club since its inception that they've never seen such a group of players just buy in this way. So mm. it's really positive signs. Now, obviously, that's not going to stretch to everyone. We're going to have the odd player here or there that's going to be dissatisfied or look for opportunities elsewhere. But it's just a very positive vibe. And it's great to hear that blokes like King and Rankin, who came out earlier this year, are really enjoying life, the lifestyle up here on the Gold Coast, and you know, will hopefully stick around for the long haul. Yeah, well, well, uh, Ben King uh, is of course twin to Max King, and uh, you know he compares it and says, you know, he gets up every day and goes to the beach because it's great weather, and uh, in Melbourne it's it's raining and dark and and freezing. <laughs> And they and they only ever go to the beach when when it's the the day after a game and they've got to ice up. So yeah, he's loving life. He's yeah. saying. Well, right yeah. since draft day, we've had the St Kilda fans basically saying they're going to be getting Ben King down there in two years. It might be the other way around. We might need to save an early draft pick to get Max King up to the Gold Coast because uh, Ben <laughs> exactly. King's certainly doing a good job selling it. I would say. Yeah, now, we get the bookends. Off, off our three <laughs> early draft picks. Now, Lacocious is yeah. the only one that hasn't come out uh, talking glowingly about the club. He might just be a bit media shy, but it also sort of raises questions about his commitment to the club. He is here for another two years, but we do know that there is a lot of outside expectations that he's going to come back to South Australia, um, at least if you talk to the South Australians. And mm. then also to a degree, a lot of the Victorians down there, the Victorian media, also have that sort of negative vibe about the Gold Coast and would expect him to leave. Obviously, no one wants that. Anyone that's mm. associated with the Suns doesn't want to see a talent like Jack Lacocious walk out that door. Um, so it'd be really good if we can hear from him in the next week or two before, uh, as the season gets on about how he's enjoying his time on the Gold Coast. Um Mm. But, well, I mean, we heard we've heard that him and Ben King are pretty close, so Ben could be speaking for the two of them there in that way. Um, and of course, you know, Ben being away from his twin for the first time and they've gone to school together, play their footy together, and do everything together. And so, you know, he he would have been looking for for a mate 
in a similar age group. So apparently the two of them do everything together. So, you know, he, he's having just as good a time. Um, but one thing I will say to the to, to the South Australians or people who, who were saying that is what we've said all along, there never has been a Gold Coast player from South Australia who's wanted to go back. Even players who who have have been delisted have just gone to play for Southport. So, you know, we've got coaches from South Australia. It's like we're one-third Queensland, one-third South Australian, and the rest is, is you know, Victoria, WA, Tasmania, New South Wales, New South Wales yeah. you know. So, yeah, I... And it's it's pretty early days, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty hyped for for for, uh, for Ben King and Isaac Rankin's already come out and said how, how much he loves it. Um, and you never know, maybe they're just the club's just sort of saying, well, look, you know, do a bit of media when you're ready, and Jack's just either not ready or or the media's kind of like, look, we'll you know we'll we'll come back and talk to you after the buy or in a, in a few weeks, or they sort of maybe they're waiting for him to. Do, I mean, he's done more than the other two put together because he's played a lot of games. But um, you know, he's never he hasn't sort of been in the best, or he hasn't really you know had a really amazing moment or a highlight package. Whereas maybe Ben King is starting to do things that that are sort of you know he's living up to his number six you know mantle, which you know like you look at that top eight from the draft that everyone said was the best draft in years, and not that many of them. Sam Walsh is. Uh, maybe Taron Thomas. We've got a pretty up, upfront, close look at how he's tracking on on the, the other night. Uh, but the coaches isn't exactly exhibiting, num- you know, pick number two just yet. By the end of the year, Not maybe. Yet, so but plenty of time for that to happen. Yeah. Still, if, yeah, um, no pressure at if all. If there's anyone listening on the live chat or uh, even on the comments on YouTube or Facebook, let us know what you guys think about Lacocious and any of our other young players that. Uh, we should be looking to sign up in the long term and what your thoughts are on that. Uh, let's jump into the injuries, Tom. We've got quite a few injuries and it seems like every game now in the last month we've been suffering at least one or two injuries early and then mm. copping a couple of serious knocks by the end of the game with players being forced to play out the game injured. So this week we've got Miller who suffered a quad corky at the start of that game, he just didn't look right for the rest of that game. Mm. Uh, he's listed as a test, so that's positive news that he'll be back for the Townsville game against the Saints. We've got Shear as well, who's been cleared of his hand damage. Was it a fracture, I think? I actually read today that he that, that he had a, um, three fractures, so three bones. So Ooh, that's nice. Uh, that's yeah. yeah. So that he's back back to full training. So you'd hope he's back in. But to be honest, I I, I want to to take two weeks off. Just get your body right. It's a long right long way home. There's a lot more games to go. He was already out for a couple of weeks with his foot. Now he's battling two injuries. I mean, you know, when he had the ball, he was fantastic on the weekend. But what did he have? Three touches. You know, yeah, <laughs> three one ta- one tackle where he took the other player out of the game. <laughs> one 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 where I think he got tackled and, and that was his injury for the game. Then he, I said he was he only had three touches. He's bloody useless. And then, uh, and then he kicked a goal. <laughs> Made me look stupid. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got some other injuries. These are the players that are possibly going to be back again uh, just after the bye. 
So mm. we've got Rankin, Young, Handley, and Murdoch all listed in that two to four week range. Murdoch is two mm. to four weeks with the uh, high ankle injury he suffered in the game against North. Mm. Handley, as mm. we know, with that um, corky where they had to operate on his quad. So that, he's mm. two to three weeks at the moment. But Rankin and mm. Young are two weeks. And now it's it's... I reckon it's unlikely we see Rankin in the first game back after the bye because mm. the club are being very opti- cautious with him and they're mm. probably going to give him a game or two in the NEFL and with the NEFL having the bye next week as well as the, the Suns AFL side, there's no opportunity for him to play. So I think we won't see Rankin for another few weeks after the bye as he builds up some needful form. Now, on the longer-term injury, we've got Collins and Ainsworth at four weeks. Ainsworth could extend out to six weeks. Lemons is at four weeks too. Bose is down to seven weeks. And then we've got some TBC issues with Fletcher and Schoenfeld as the club looks to find out what is wrong with those two blokes. Uh, mm. Now, of course, Fletcher was playing in the Neeful side, so this is a good opportunity to jump into the Neeful, and you can tell us what happened to him, Tom. So yeah, 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 exactly. Score. So look, uh, the Neeful Neeful game was very interesting on the weekend because, uh, and, and, I, and a few listeners here I know do watch the Neeful as well, so I'm sure they'll agree with what I've got to say. Um, I'm not even going to talk about the first quarter because it was just such a dreadful effort by the umpires that really had that effect on the game so much that you just I almost turned it off. And then at quarter time, when every all the players go back to their huddle, Michael Ricciatelli, who's you know the most experienced player at the club, uh, club leader, spiritual leader, he went off at the central umpire and not just like gave him a gobful. He went off and on and on and on and on. It seemed like it was about a minute. He had a lot to say and he was ropeable. Um, because they're playing against the undefeated Lions. The Lions, as, as it is, they're a terrific team, this this Neeful side for the Lions. A lot of depth, a lot of AFL experience and a lot of up-and-coming players. It's just that they seem to have the perfect mix of, of that going on this year. They're the form team. So they certainly didn't need all the help they got from the, the umpires. Um, that aside, after, after that quarter, it was still a little bit sort of leaning towards the... The, the you know the team with the momentum, but um, in the end it was a five goal loss to the Suns, and without that first quarter it was even Stevens. It was a little bit reflective of the of the the, the uh, AFL game, although you wouldn't blame the AFL result on the on the umpiring. Uh, so what what basically happened was there were some terrific efforts by by some players. Uh, I'll just rattle off a few names. Um, Nichols went reasonably well in the ruck uh, against um, Oscar McInerney. Um, Connor Nutting came back after having a week as a senior emergency, and, and he, he was quite good. Uh, but, the, you know, clear, for me, the clearly the outstanding players were Callum Archie. He was terrific. Um, Corey Ellis, he's just getting better every week, just like Archie. The two of them charging out of out of the back half. And in the second half in particular, Jez McLennan was the best player on the field. Um, unfortunately, Sam Fletcher was actually one of the really good players through the middle, and and he just picked up an injury and, and, and off he went and didn't return. A uh, couple of other players to mention. Uh, Holland Smith was a senior emergency, didn't play. Uh, Richard Telly had a good game. 
he's been he's actually been in quite good form. Um, Braden Crossley's a few games away uh, from from being in contention. Sam Day, terrific game. Uh, he's been playing this way. He he never ever gets big bags of goals, Sammy, but um, he's he's right in it and, and helping helping the team get to where they need to be, chopping out in the ruck, gathering marks and possessions, and had a few shots on goal. And and you know, uh, it wasn't his day. Uh, Jack Leslie's the other one who you know him and Caleb Graham are, are a pretty formidable combination back there, but you know they're playing against quality sides and uh, this, they're playing in a very inexperienced team. Didn't see um, Mitch Reardon, uh, unfortunately, but uh, by all reports, he'll be he'll be in this week. Uh, I reckon Mitch is out because of university commitments. I reckon the mid-season draft probably, they didn't expect so many uh, play or any players to be uh, enrolled full-time at uni like, like Mitch. So I'm, I'm going to guess that that's been his reason for not playing Neeful. Um, but yeah, look, I, I was I was uh, heartened by this Neeful effort. I mean, I should probably should explain. I I really do uh, enjoy following the Neeful because I see it as the future of, of the senior list of how it's evolving, and you can sort of see which players are headed for the the exits and and which players are headed for a big future. So yeah, really really heartening. And I don't think we're at the bottom of our. Of, of our barrel yet. We're not scraping it. Calamachi and Coriolis are my picks to replace Miller and Shear. Okay. Uh, for anyone that didn't catch the Neeful game, the final score was Gold Coast Suns, 5 goals, 9-39, defeated by the Brisbane Lions, 10 goals, 9-69. So it was a 30-point loss. The only multiple goal scorer for the Suns was Calamachi with two goals. Beautiful goals too. Now, Just I want to ask class. you, Tom... I didn't actually get the chance to see this game, but I've looked at the stats and there's a couple of players that stand up off the off the stat sheet. Now, the first of all, Jez McLennan. You spoke about him just before. What sort of role was he playing? He's traditionally a halfback and he had eight yeah. marks along with his 20 disposals. Was he an intercepting halfback flank? Absolutely. He goes on these, these great runs. He'll get the ball in, in, inside 50 in defensive 50, and he'll, and he'll go for a bit of a run, have a bounce, and then really clean by foot, and he'll find a, a fond teammate and hit him on the chest. Um, some One of the criticisms I've got of him is that he will get into a bit of an argy-bargy with an opposition player, um, get in their face, try and niggle them a bit and, and, and whatnot. And so he's in everything, and then he'll end up with four touches, but he's influenced like 20 different plays. So that's what he did in the first half, and I felt like he just kind of got a bit lost. And I made a comment at the time uh, on the on the on the Facebook page that he he really needs to concentrate on going after the ball a bit more because he's so good with it. And that's exactly what he did. And I'm I'm pretty sure he had seven possessions at half time and about twenty at full time. So he really came home, you know, with the legs, and that was pretty impressive. Um, and uh, and and the other player playing out of half back was was Corey Ellis. Early on, Kalachi, but when they swung him forward, he just just went absolute. Kalachi was a bit of a roving sort of sort of a mid sort of a yeah played in a few different spots around the ground. But when he came up with the ball, he just looked like the best player on the ground. Yeah, it looks like Kalachi was the best player due to the stats. He had twenty three disposals, two goals, uh, a number of marks, tackles, and obviously it 
sounds like he was contributing all over the ground with half back he had some rebound 50s he had some inside 50s as well so he was also kicking the ball into the forward line yeah. um he it that's really good news because it's a cut he's well, i think this is his third game back in the needle since uh the off-field incidents um mm. So that's that's really good news. We should hopefully see Kalachi replace one of the injured players that we'll get to later uh, into the AFL side. Um, now, you also mentioned Corey Ellis. Now, the <coughs> NEFL report that the Gold Coast Suns put out suggested that he played more midfield time. Did he did. You, is that the case? Uh, but, but he started out at the back yep. and, and rotated through. But instead of... Ro- a lot of our midfielders rotate through the forward line. We're sort of used to seeing a lot of that in, in, the, in the senior team. But Corey does, does the opposite. He, he will... Um, he, he'll, he'll sort of slide forward and get, go into the midfield um, and someone will come, go, go, you know, drop back. Um, yeah, no, he... You know, they do rotate it because the players do get... It's a bit like, you know, these days you, you sort of end up having about nine players who play through the middle and some of them play a lot more than others. And he, he was just getting the clearances and, and, and getting in there. He's not a big guy, but he's not a little either. So he, he gets in there and makes makes his presence felt. Um, you know, I, I like the guys, his contemporaries, uh, guys like Took Miller and Lockie Weller, and I'm not saying that he's got the same attributes as them, but he, he he's the same maturity. And he was he went about the same 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 uh, he went in the first round in the draft in the same year they did hmm. so so how's yeah, it, how he's a no brainer he he should go straight in but you how know how was his maybe, ball use in that game he had eighteen disposals five marks five tackles so not a huge amount of the pill but if his ball oh, in, use in, was in, really in, good um, we could see in that's outside. that that's above average yep yeah like for, like twenty touches in Neefels are probably about twenty eight in AFL. Um, I mean, you're going to get got, like last year. Mokabala was getting 48 touches a game, but that's. I mean, that's. It's, it's all. It's all got to be. It's all got to be weighed up. So like, it's not like, it, like, like Mokabala would 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 get the ball out of the clearance, pass it to Brody, ask for it straight back, and then point his hand and say, Brody, you go over there, and then pass it back to Brody, and then he go for a run, and someone would kick. Yep, we've lost Tom there, so. Yeah, it, it looks like we could see Kalachi, Ellis, and Day into the squad this uh, this week in the AFL side, depending on how the the team selection and the match committee weigh up. Tom, do we have you back? Yep, 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 yep. yep sorry, you just, cut out there. So I was just going on to talk uh, about no, sometimes Sam sometimes Day. Call me. <laughs> I w- went on to talk yep. about Sam Day there. He only had one goal and 13 disposals, six marks. Not a huge game on stat-wise, but was he imposing his presence, trying to be that yeah. hit-up? How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. Forward and, and making himself felt. Yeah, yeah. He was leading up and, 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 and taking pack marks or bringing it to ground. Um, probably the, the the only knock, and it's not on Sam, it, it's on the team, is that they, 
they just sort of bl- tried to blast it into the forward 50 and there'd be Sam Day going, this isn't what you're supposed to do with me. You know, you're supposed to kick it to me. And, and you know, so they, they'd kick it over his head or off to the side. And, you know, he doesn't have the greatest side-to-side speed. And, and he, he was, if he's not able to get to the drop of the ball, then he's not going to be the greatest influence in a one-on-one or one-on-two situation. So they didn't play to his advantages a lot of the time. But when they did, he did the job that he's, he's out there to do. Um, Braden Crossley does a reasonable job of, of supporting in the, in the two the, the, with the two forwards. But Braden's still really learning about his forward craft, and he'd be the, the first one to, to admit, Goobs, is that, that he's, uh, he's, he's a ruckman. And if he's going to succeed in the AFL, it's going to have to be as a ruck forward. So he's just learning his craft. Sammy's actually taken most of the chopping out as well, which I'd like to see Goober do do the chopping out and just let Sammy concentrate on on what he's got to do. That's if that's if Sammy doesn't make it into the AFL team this week. Um, you know, I guess they've got to look at their matchups with the Saints because uh, the the guys who are in doing the doing the job at the moment are actually doing okay, but I guess we'll, we'll talk about that in due course. Yeah, well, Robbo just posted on the chat pretty much exactly what you said, how Sam Day's spending more time up the ground while Crossley's uh, playing deeper forward. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that sums up as Crossley sorts to add the forward string to his bow and make himself a bit more flexible because it's going to be hard breaking into the sun side as a ruckman when you've mm. got wits uh, so dominant. Okay, let's jump over to the AFL game. Now, the Gold Coast Suns went down to North Melbourne by 27 points. North Melbourne, 14 goals, 15-99. To the Gold Coast Suns, 11 goals, 6-72. King was the only multiple goal scorer for the Suns with two goals. Now, the Gold Coast Suns kicked more than 10 goals for the first time this year. Woohoo! Actually, hang on. Um... I think that was more than 10 goals for the first time this year at home. I'm no. pretty sure we kicked more than 10 goals in round one against St. Kilda, as that was mm. probably our highest score for the year. Um, now, what do you take from this game, Tom? Uh, it was a very mm. slow start, and this, well, well, it was watching the game live, I was just about ready to walk out at quarter time. Um, I stuck around till half time and... There was a bit of an improvement, so I stuck around for another quarter. There was a bit more improvement. Ended up sticking around for the rest of the game. But, um, yeah, there, there was. it basically just went all out the window in that first quarter, and the Suns are playing catch-up from the rest of the game. They didn't look impressive at any stage. I felt like the mm-hmm. moments that they were able to get back on top, a lot of it came down to just luck. And the ball dropped. Watching, watching from afar up in the stands, the it seemed like North Melbourne were at the ball was falling into their arms. They were just getting themselves into the right positions all the time, every single time, and the ball would just fall from a contest straight into their arms, and they'd continue the chain. They were an absolute force in that first quarter. Whereas for the Suns, the ball would fall down and then bounce in the completely opposite direction. Yeah, nothing was going right, and the, the, I think the, that they would have been made to watch this uh, either yesterday or today, and the players will see what we see when when we start to get you know these three, four, five, six goals in a row, and what we see as fans is the players just not chasing 
and, you know, just, just getting disconsolate and, you know, not getting up quickly from, from, from hitting the deck after a, an attempted tackle or whatever. And so we just end up seeing the Suns players moving very slowly and the ball and, and the and ball watching when they know that they're out there trying as hard as they can, but it doesn't look like it. And it probably is, is probably more like 80%, not 100%, because when you're getting flogged, and I think anyone knows this, whether you play on top level or, or park footy, when when you're just getting demoralised, you, you, you just can't make that effort when you know... Like, what you want to see is someone chase and chase and chase and almost tackle someone instead of giving up on the chase, which was probably happening a bit as that fifth and sixth and seventh goals were getting scored from a really, you know, from luck, if nothing else. Uh, whereas North Melbourne were riding that luck and going, let's just kick this bloody hundred goals here and uh, until until they tell us we're not allowed to kick anymore. Um, but yeah, after quarter time, it was even Stevens because uh, North didn't have that pressure of building up a, a score because they were always going to kick 99 points. And the Suns had that pressure the whole time. Even coming off a goal or two goals, they still had that pressure of bridging their gap and then kicking a big enough score and knowing they probably didn't have 100 points in them. Yeah, the Suns have struggled to... I think our highest score for the year was 84 against St Kilda back in round one. Mm. And since then, we've struggled to kick more than 10 goals. Um, and I think St Kilda even knew then that all they needed to do was, was, was just get a... I mean, it's very obvious. Get the higher score you can get against the Suns, every point gives you, like, an extra 5% chance of winning. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to kick 60 points, you're probably not going to beat the Suns. But if you, if you kick 70 points, then you've got a, a better chance of beating the Suns. And if you kick 99 points, well, that beats us every single game. Well, yeah, that, so, that's basically what I had in my mind watching that first quarter. It was We were down by seven goals at uh, quarter time, and I was thinking, mm. I don't even know if the Suns can kick seven goals throughout the whole game, let mm. alone, uh, you know, to, let alone the win. Um, well, I mean, I mean, there were some positive signs with, with regards to a couple, a couple of things. So we can, we can analyse a few things here. So Ben King, we now know that he is a guy who's going to kick goals. And there will probably be games this year where he goes goalless, but that's fine. It happens. He's a first-year player. Every goal he gets is a bonus for us, and it's a goal more than we were going to get. Um, Tuke Miller kicked a lovely goal. Don't think he's going to be in the team for a few weeks. Sexton kicked a goal, which is what we're, we're sort of expecting two goals from him, so that's probably below par, but... He did have two goal assists, and uh, that's one of my favourite stats, goal assists, because, you know, you're there for your mates. So that's probably about break-even for him, considering that, but he was down on a few other factors. Uh, Peter Wright kicked a goal and had a goal assist. Again, probably a bit down for him. And then a few other guys who popped up for goals, who will, will always pop up for goals, um, or, you know, you want a few from midfielders and these small forwards and whatnot. Where are the rest of the goals going to come from? If, if we're going to get, say, five more goals to win this game, where do they come from? Yeah, and that's something I don't know. I don't even know if Sam Day can bring that into the side. Um, mm. It's going to have to come from midfield pressure. We need more forward 50 entries, and part of that is getting our hands on the ball. And yeah. something that was 
evident this game that we haven't seen for a long time was Will Brody's presence and mm. determination to impact the game. Uh, this is probably the first time he's done this, at least this year. And yeah, I last year I don't Sydney, recall his like games this. last year having this sort of an influence in him. He was always a, a ball getter, you know, he'd mm. find the, the ball really easy. But I never recalled Brody having this much impact with his disposals. So mm. let's run through his stats. He kicked the goal, so he showed that he could get forward and make an impact there. He had mm. 29 disposals, according to the AFL site. I have seen other people say that he's had 30, but I'll stick to the AFL's official yeah. stats. He's had 29 disposals, 9 marks, 9 tackles. Those 29 disposals, he was operating at 69% at disposal efficiency. That's mm. one of Brody's biggest knocks is that his disposal fi- efficiency isn't great, especially by foot. We saw him kick I mean, out of the bounds <laughs> twice uh, yeah. in that game. It wasn't a disaster, though, was it, when he kicked it out of the full? No. It, was, it, it would have been better, obviously, to get it to a, to a stoppage, but it was, it was getting a ball out of danger. And, you know, I, he panicked a fair bit. Like, yeah. he, he wasn't confident in what he was doing. And to still get... This the, the you know the, the stat I've got I gave him three points because to me he was by far and away the best player on the ground. Yeah, I did too. Um, I gave Brody my three votes as well. He had five score involvements mm. and eighty-two percent time on ground, six clearances, mm. ten contested possessions, twenty-seven mm. pressure acts. Basically, he's doing. I spoke glowingly last week about his game in the Nefal about how he was imposing himself on the contest and carrying the team on his shoulders. And mm. I felt like that he translated that perfectly to the AFL. It's a he bit, did. Like I said, it's the first time I've seen it. He's no Patrick Cripps, but he certainly lifted the team up and carried us a, maybe not a, a, a full length, but maybe a couple of metres. And it, it was just a great performance to see because... We as fans have known Brody's had this potential for years and it's been mm. incredibly frustrating watching him slave, slave away in the kneeful and mm. not get reward for effort. I've always said his 30 disposals in previous years hasn't been in kneeful, hasn't mm. been uh, satisfactory. They've been uh, really, really easy disposals and they don't mean anything. I felt like a majority of his disposals in the last two weeks, NEFL and AFL, has has had an impact on the game. And then on top of that, his his two way running and all the other little things he does, it was it was just a really great performance by Brody. Yeah, well, he took nine marks, and when you when you're marking it that frequently, you know, Lockie Weller took took seven marks. Now, I don't have the exact details of how many of those were intercept marks, but a lot of them were across the half-back line, weren't they? So that suggests that he's, he's getting... It's it, it's one thing to, to mark the ball. It's another thing to, to get those the, the type of marks that change the complexion of the game. So when he's taking an intercept mark from an opposition kick, that's quite different from a teammate spotting him up. So, yeah, just really impacted the game. And um, he, he got a bit worried a few times when he marked the ball and didn't know what to do with it because there was just too much going on in his head. And I think maybe 
that he he needs a bit of a, va- a pressure valve where he can turn around and find Joyce or 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 uh, Weller or whoever running past and and fire off a handball that the opposition isn't going to expect him to be able to fire off a twenty five meter handball. Um, you know, you can think of exponents of the handball who can pass it very well. Will Brody's one of them. He he's better by by hand than he is by foot. So I just think in some of those situations, now he's kicked it what nineteen times to ten, and he's had four clangers. So pretty much every one of those clangers has, has been by foot. So and the more possessions you have, the more clangers and you're going to make right. So um, that's the only knock on him. But yeah, he doesn't he doesn't have a long way to go anymore. He's he's playing. He's not playing like a third year player. He's he's probably playing more like a second year player. But um, I think we have to take the the rocket year out for Brody because I think his progress was stunted. Um, I always hark back to this video from from Brody's um, debut match and and Rocket sort of on camera saunters into the room and and um, and I think I think Brody's there with um, uh, it might have been Solomon or you know one of the coaches and and um, Rocket tries to make a bit of a joke. And, and and you're saying, oh, you're slacking off again, watching cartoons or something, and and Brody's like terrified, just not. There was no connection. There was no, the the you know, it, and then and then Rocket's like, oh, you get you, you got a game, and what's supposed to be the best moment of his life was just him there going, shit, what do I do with this? You know, I just think that was symptomatic of of that. Anyway, I'll stop going on about Rocket. He's been gone for years. Um, Brody, great game. Um, three votes. Who do you have your, your two votes for, Shane? Yeah, well, I chose Harborough. He has 27 disposals, 77% disposal efficiency. He basically looked to be the bloke that was mopping up all of the errors that every other son was making in the back line. And yeah. it's not just mopping up, but he was then actively trying to create passages of play and be useful with that football. Well, um, in the in the uh, opening of the show, we, we forgot uh, to mention Harbs is a North Queenslander originally. He did come via the Western Bulldogs, but he he's uh, not just a North Queenslander. He's proud proud Indigenous man. That's his country. So going back to play at home this week, I'm pretty sure he'd be as as psyched for that as any player. Um, and he's particularly good in the sec in the third quarter, wasn't he? I think he ended up having like twelve touches in the quarter. Um, you know, it's the kind of game that really he got into the AFL team of the week. Put it that way. So sports writers were were noticing. Um, you who did you have for for one vote? Well, I went a bit different, and that was because I was so impressed with the performance of the young man. Uh, I chose Ben King. His yeah. two go- I thought his two goals, his groundwork, his just presence of being a, a tall target down forward was significant for the Suns, and I thought I'd throw out one vote his way. I'm becoming a quick fan of Ben King. He uh, He's really starting to impress me with every single game he plays. Yeah, uh, I totally agree, and he, he was in my best um, because there's just these little things that he does... Uh, you know that that really that, that even though he's never going to be a, a high possession winner, um, and he didn't you, you know clunk the ball as much as you, you kind of hope, but he does the little tiny things really well. Uh, really liked him, but didn't give him my one point. I gave it to a fellow who is always in the running, and we really missed him when he was out, and that is Lockie Weller. Um, nine rebound fifties. He took six bounces, and how 
how great is it to see you know a player like Weller or or Sexton just just go out for a, a, a bit of a run, take a couple of bounces and assess his options and then hit up a teammate. You know that that sun's footy, and we just we uh, we haven't been playing a whole lot of that lately, and I think we've got to get back to it because uh, you know this this sort of um, desperation football and always just hacking it forward is, is not working. We need players like Lockie Weller to, to, to link up. And when you run through the lines like that, you completely destroy the, the, the opposition's defence. So gave him, gave, him the, gave him the one vote there. Could have gone to Fiorini, could have gone to King, uh, could have even gone to um, young Jesse Joyce getting up for a goal. But I went, yeah, went for Lockie Weller, champion. Well, do you want to give anyone the what a performance moment of the week? Because I haven't had time to, to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, look, it, even though he got reported for it, I loved watching Jack Martin go in. The, you know, Jack Zeeble's the hardest nut that, that North Melbourne have got. And little Jack Martin, he's not, you know, he's not small, but he's not very big. He goes in there and just absolutely cleans him up. Um, probably that and a tie. Now that I'm thinking of violence, um, Took Miller's um, tackle to put Higgins out of the game. And <laughs> On why, any other why not night, just add Charlie Ballard's errant elbow to the face as well? So, <laughs> Willa, what a performance! So for the Suns showing some spite and some aggression, what a performance! Yeah, it cost a couple of them a bit of money too, didn't yeah. it? All right. Well, we've got a question, Tom. Uh, ben Drever on Facebook asks, why do guys like Corbett, Burgess, George Hall and Smith, Murdoch still get selected while others have to stand... Uh, I'll summarise this. While others basically have to have standout games in the NEFL to get into the side. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he's referring to blokes like Day and Brody uh, and Archie mm-hmm. who are currently in the NEFL or Brody was in the NEFL trying to get into the AFL side. Now, well, you could probably toss in Jack Leslie, Jacob Dawson, Jacob Heron, Michael Richitelli, yeah, Tom Nichols, Connor yeah. Nutting. They're, they're all guys who were playing last year and, and, and getting goes, but now these new players are coming in and getting the first shot. Okay. Well, I want to start off with uh, why is Corbett, George Holland smith Murdoch, Burgess getting games ahead of others? All right, well, I can't mm. answer the... Corbett and Burgess. They're, I'm assuming they're new players and the club are trying to see what they're made of, mm. uh, provide a bigger, stronger body in the side. But I can talk about blokes like George Hall and Smith and Murdoch. These are blokes that we got from other clubs in trades. Same with Anthony Miles. There's been a lot of talk about how bad Miles was on the weekend. He was terrible. Uh, he, he had 35% disposal efficiency, so... When he got the ball, he wasn't really using it. But these blokes don't only have the... They've, let's say they've got multiple pathways to keep the coaches happy. It's mm. not just about disposals or impacting the game. It's about their on-field leadership and the talk and the communication they have with these other players. And then on top of mm. that, it's the pure fact that they are a big, heavy body that's experienced and can take a beating. So... Blokes like these, they've got. They're, they're going to get onto the into the game. They're going. To, the yeah. Suns need them on the field. Maybe not mm. all at once. We'll see with Murdoch out. We might have George Hall and Smith come back into the side. Uh, probably Ellis is Ellis. my call, but yeah. So 
Same, same, same deal. But yeah, same deal. They're going to be providing a spark. And if you've ever sat down near the, the Suns interchange at Suns Games, you will notice that these boys are the ones that are, are talking to the, to the younger players, giving them direction and helping them. And I'm sure they're doing that out on the field as well. Now, just quickly, we're running out of time. Blokes like um, Day, Brody. You know, they've obviously got to prove their worth in the NEFL. There's reasons that they're in there. Brody, he was asked to constantly work on his his two-way running and mm. impacting the game, not just getting the ball. Getting the ball isn't that important if you're not using it. So this is what we're seeing with Brody now. He's impacting the game, and we he's been rewarded this week with a, a player of the round, according to the Suns media team. Mm. And... Day, well, he's fighting for for spots, isn't he? He's got Corbett, he's got um, Peter Wright, he's got King down there, all fighting for that same spot. I think they're pretty much set in stone that Day is only going to be a forward and not a defender anymore. So it does limit his options. I do think, though, it's time for Corbett to maybe take a break and for Day to come in. Yeah, I agree. And all, all I'm going to add to what you say, because I think we're very much on the same page with this thing, all I'm going to say is that there, there, there are known quantities. Like we know what Sam Day can do. We know that Brishatelli could come in and play every game like he did last year, but there's no point this year. There's better to have him, marsh, you know, teaching the guys coming up and keeping the morale up and and, and being a leader on the field in the NEFL because he's he's on the way out. He's got no future. Uh, he's definitely not going to be played next year, and he's he's playing at about eighty percent of his of his of his best at his best now. And some days he's not even that good. Um, All right, Tom. Also well, a couple we've of, got a couple of guys who show. might be category B rookies who aren't eligible: Dawson and Heron. Okay. All right, we've got to wrap up the show. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. Go Suns! Go Suns! If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything. So you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores.